0: Welcome to the Filipino American Woman Projects podcast show brought to you by our family on the newfilipina.com. We're your co-hosts, Jen Amos and Nani Dominguez-Smith.
1: After three seasons of sharing stories for Panays and by Panays, we've gained the knowledge and language to articulate our experiences. And now
0: we're ready to tell our own. As we venture off into the world of business partnership, we want to bring you along for the ride. Keep listening to hear how we explore our Penai identities together as podcasters, content creators, and entrepreneurs.
1: Now, let's get into the show. Woo-hoo. Yay! <laughs> All right. Uh, hi, everyone. Wow. I feel like I'm going to scream and say, We're back. <laughs> We're back. We're back in case you can't see. Yes, in <laughs> case you can't see, in case you're listening to the replay of this, it will be available via YouTube as well. So just check out the show notes of this episode to the published episode, which I don't know when it's going to get released, but you can check the show notes of this episode to get access to our YouTube video. I am your, what am I? What am I? I'm a founder and co host on the Deeper Project, Jen Amos. And as always, I have my amazing co-host with me, Nani Dominguez Smith. wait, sorry. Do, do I how do you prefer? <laughs> Nani Dominguez. Yeah,
2: Nani. it doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> okay, Nani Dominguez Smith. Nani, welcome back to the Tiba project and Happy Filipino American History Month, and if you can also do the honors of introducing our special guest today, I'm going to hand it off to you. Yes, so welcome back everyone and Happy
2: Filipino American History Month. We hope we didn't catch you too late. But we are here to celebrate and to talk all things bomb. So mm-hmm. lastly, we have our most favorite person, our <laughs> resident historian, my personal Shiro, Dr. <laughs> Stacy and Batarina Salinas. Do you also have another last name now that you got
1: oh, married? No.
2: Did no. you make it longer? Okay. Um, oh, oh, no, no, no. My husband's name is okay. <laughs> Marcia. That's already too many colonizer names. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: in one, in one yeah. line, yeah, mm-hmm. I also feel the same. <laughs> that is hilarious. Well, yes, you know we have been. Just in case anyone is watching us for the first time, we've been off season since May of 2023. So I think it's so beautiful that we are here now. What is this like? Seven months later, Nani? Yeah, and. I'm really happy with how we organically came here because we really gave ourselves time. Like we knew first and foremost, we sensed when it was time to go off season. And we had given ourselves a couple of months to like let things marinate, to just focus on our personal and professional lives. And right about the same time in, in September, you and I were like, I think it's time to come back to the Tifa project. I mean, we we still have been on in the newfilipina.com, but in regards to being out in the public, we felt like you know, what better time than Filipino American History Month. So I'm curious if you had any thoughts about that. Yeah,
2: I just think that we needed that
1: time. Like, you know, I told you this
2: offline a few times, but we really needed that time to just tend to ourselves, both personal, professional, like you mentioned. And we needed that time in order to come back all aligned again. And and also with just like fresh perspective and insight and um you know, just like a new POV on life to bring back to the show. And so um, if you are an OG Tifa member, then we want to thank you for writing it out with us and being here with us as we launch into,
1: what is this, like our fifth season of the Tifa project? Yes, it's go. Yeah, this has been, I looked it up. I was checking on our web hosting service and I was like, what season is this? Yes, this is season five. And it just blows my mind because that means we've, we've all been together for five seasons. Yeah, it's a lot to process, I feel like. <laughs> it's a lot to process. I think that if you, again, are an OG Tifa project member, then
2: you have seen us evolve <laughs> Yeah, like a lot of different times from season to season to season. and And I hope that, you know, this is no different. I hope that when we come back and dive into this new season, that Our evolution is evident and it is beneficial for you to witness and be a part of. And uh, we're just excited to share everything that we've been doing and get back into it with you guys, talk to you guys again. We want you to send us all the messages and DMs and, you know, however else you choose to communicate with us. The easiest way, by the way, is if you join us on the newfilipina.com. But, you know, no big deal if you don't. So <laughs> there's always email if you prefer that, yes. comments, DMs, that kind of thing. But
1: we miss you guys and we hope you yes. missed this too. Yes. And I thought I would ask Stacy on her initial thoughts, considering how you s- supported this show very early on, even before Nani and I started co-hosting together. So what does it feel like for you to be here again for, I don't know, the third or fourth Filipino American History Month with us? I was just trying to do the math. It's actually, Jen,
2: our sixth friend-aversary, six, yeah, sixth-year friend we Aw. Aw. Reached out to you. No, if you saw the me doing math mentally on my eyes, this now. <laughs> 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 it is because, you know, I was calculating and I thought, oh, yeah, I reached out to you all quarter of 2017, yeah, an odd month. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually our sixth year friendiversary.
1: Oh I'm my like, god! Well, happy sixth year friendiversary,
2: Stacy. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm making words up, but that is what uh, <laughs> that's what came to mind. If you can see me doing the math in my eyes, but yeah, 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 because I remember it specifically. There was a paper due, but I <laughs> wanted to make the paper centered on community spaces. It was for a mm-hmm. class. Yes, it wasn't even that. Was just class I was shadowing. I didn't have to take that class. And I remember it was it was late. It was from 4 to 6 p.m. or something at UC Davis. Mm-hmm. And I was the only graduate student there because it's an upper division for our undergraduates. So I was just like, great. If I hadn't taken that class, because I was actually being advised not to take that class. Oh, in that class, if I wasn't stubborn, like every other Filipino woman, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have met you all. So I just that's all those things were going through my mind as I was trying to calculate the years we were together.
1: Yeah, that Mm -hmm. is so wild. And here we are today. Your journey, personally, has been incredible in so many ways. I mean, I guess we've seen you in at least for me, I've seen you go to like, what, three or four different schools now, like you're now based in Eureka. So do you want to tell us a little bit about like your academic journey until this point? Oh, yeah. You
2: You
0: don't
2: have to. Thank you you for asking. But. For everyone who's listening. no. (laughs) This (laughs) is Stacey Ann, government name, thanks. It's my first year at Eureka College of the Redwoods. It's Humboldt County, and Mm -hmm. I'm part of a two-person team. And we are trying to build from the ground up the new ethnic studies division here. So that includes African-American, Black studies, Chicanx, Latino studies, and Asian-American studies, and Native American and Indigenous studies so. All of my training at Davis in cultural studies, which is interdisciplinary by nature, I'm happy that I'm actually utilizing it for the sake of community.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So I guess yeah. my journey, it just took seven years of the PhD and then two years for the master's. So nine, nine years of my life. Not not saying that it was too long or too short. It's just that I'm happy that I could actually use my credentials for something that's a little greater than me. And like, yesterday, I gave a talk for Genentech. Oh, um, congrats. That's huge. Yes. Shout out to my sister, who works there. She was just like, we don't have anyone to speak for Film History mm. And so she recommended me, because apparently now I have more time to do more work. So Apparently. I, <laughs> was able to do that. And so that actually made me happy to speak to other community members and, you know, fields. I'm not a scientist in STEM. So it was nice to share the work that we do in the API community with folks who are in STEM. And I was only supposed to talk for 30 minutes. I ended up talking for an hour because nobody stopped me. (laughs) Nobody stopped me. I was like, okay, I'm keeping track of time on my my Hello Kitty clock and nobody's stopping me. (laughs) So I was like, okay, well, if you want me to ramble on about our communities, good with me. And then, so it was actually a 55 minute talk instead of 30 Wow. Casey's like, lucky for you, I can go on. (laughs) I can continue. But yeah, that's been my academic journey. Thank you for asking. And I hope it continues to grow. I hope I could still do community work. Um, But yeah, I think it's impossible for you not to do community work. Hence your presence here today. So yes, kudos on all of your accomplishments and Nine years is a hell of a long time to be in mm-hmm. school, especially yeah. in higher academia with like, you know, all the just drama that is higher academia, period. Oh, yeah. Shout out to all the folks who said I couldn't do it. Okay. Okay. Mic drop. cis white men. Hey, all of you. There <laughs> you go. In, in your face. face. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I got tenure track. I don't like to boast. I'm a humble Asian woman, but... <laughs> But that's I will what? make this exception on <laughs> history. You told me I couldn't do it and I wasn't smart enough. Good. So. Yeah. And now he's probably somewhere in a corner crying at the yeah. success that you have reached. Right. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah. My success yeah. only because of our elders. So I wouldn't have been a community star if I didn't have our elders support. So, you know, the real shout out is to them because so many of them passed away this year. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, mm-hmm. I shout out to our ancestors now because yeah. yeah, we shoved it in their face. We did, Grandma. We did. Aww, Aww. <laughs> we made it, Mama. We made, we made it. Yeah, Grandma Sherry, Grandma Babes, Monong, Alex, Edelweiss. We made it. Aww, yeah.
1: you know, I remember early on when you were telling me, like when I was first getting to know you, and you were talking about how a lot of your studies revolved around the early 1900s and the Monong generation and the elders and. I got to say, at that time, when you were talking about documenting history during the Great Depression of Filipino Americans experience, I couldn't connect the two. I couldn't even like fathom that there was any Filipino American history during that time. And so in the years that I've known you, Stacey, it's just meant so much to have you like open my own eyes about like the deep, rich history we have in like, let's say, California alone, Mm -hmm. and to just have that greater perspective. So you are really the person who open that door for me. So I just want to, you know, acknowledge that. And, you know, being part of your journey, and of course, all of us collaborating here throughout the years has just been amazing in so many ways. And, and yeah, that's the last thing I'll just say about that before, you know, because we probably should move on. (laughs) Not just like, praise Stacy, because I know it makes you uncomfortable. (laughs) But I, I do want to express like, that was one of the first like, eye opening experiences I had from you was talking about, what you are doing to document, you know, history of like the Monong generation in the early 1900s. Thank you.
2: Yeah, I'm so happy I could share that
1: with you all. And it's also why I like community spaces
2: like Tifao, because I'm also able to reflect and heal from things about, you know, identities as, with, as what it means to be Filipino. Because, you know, pride mentality is a huge thing in our community. I do blame the colonizer for that. But I also do blame ourselves for internalizing it for so long. Mm being in community spaces like this I'm able to practice against that yeah that need to protect myself amongst other Filipinas because I worry about judgment and critique and criticism and so being in spaces like Tifa and that community oriented and Filipina Pinay oriented you know that's helped me undo a lot of that internalized colonial mentalities yeah the crab mentality. I actually feel sisterhood or Pinay sisterhood and that's rare In a lot of cases, you know, I was working in academia. Wow. Yeah, thank you for saying that. I think that that's not the first time that we've been told that. And I think that that's also something that's really special, you know, between Jen and I is that whatever our like synergy is, I think it kind of just bleeds off into <laughs> the virtual space that we create. And, mm-hmm. you know, even on our online platform on the mm-hmm. com, that is our goal to make like a safe container for these conversations that, you know, can get touchy very fast in other spaces mm-hmm. or with other people. And so um, I think that's one of the things that we pride ourselves on, right, Jen, is our our ability to really change the narrative for Filipina women specifically and kind of model what it looks like to, like, kumbaya, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. I really want to highlight what you said, Stacey, where you said, like, yes, you know, you're like, yes, I blame the colonizers for the crab mentality. More importantly, like, I, you know, a lot of our community has internalized it. They have chosen to make it a part of their, you know, how they view the world. And so and I think I think that's what I, this is what I'm hoping that we unlearn in our community is to recognize that we can change the narrative in our mind. Like, yes, certain things came from, you know, these parts of history, but it doesn't we don't have to stay that way. We don't have to hold on to like the crab mentality being our, our prime identity. We don't have to be stuck there. And so I love that you said that because it is a choice. I think, I mean, I, I feel like the benefit of being an American is having that choice. You know, I mean, of course, there's a lot of layers to this, but I I'd like to believe that we do have that choice to like think differently and to open our minds. And it just means so much to hear from you that, you know, whatever Nani and I have going on here, like it's helped you, you know, it's helped you like unlearn certain things, or at least know that with our community You have a place to, you know, to shine and to share your candid thoughts and to be applauded for what you've done for our community. So anyway, (laughs) enough of that. There's a phrase for that. Enough of complimenting each other all around. So we're gonna have we're gonna give ourselves like 30 minutes to see how much we can talk about with Filipino American History Month. And I want to start by actually sharing our newsletter. Because we addressed, we shared what the theme is based on the Fawn's website. So if I can just figure out how to share my screen and kill two birds with one stone by showing you all that our newsletter is back in action. So let me see if I can do this without confusing anyone. Okay. So here's our new newsletter, first and foremost. And it is available on our socials. It's already listed if you want to get this straight into your inbox. Oh, by the way, can you guys see my screen? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes.
2: Um, for everyone that's wondering, yes, that is a Jack and Coke that we're drinking in this photo. <laughs> <foil. laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Disclaimer. It's it's true. In fact, here's a here's a zoom up. It's part of our brand. <laughs> yeah.
2: You can see one of ours is more um, you know, what do you call it? Like drunken down than the other.
1: Yeah, one one of us like, was yes. was moving faster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it looks like Nani based on the nails. <laughs> Anyway, this is actually available on our socials right now. However, if you want to get it straight into your inbox, you just have to go here on the top left and click subscribe and it'll take you to our signup page and you can get this straight to your inbox. But yes, we have a brand new newsletter. We have photos from our actual photo shoot. So this is one of the first ones that you'll see on the very top. You can see how Nani and I look today. And yes, we also tried to match. So wearing the same color tops and all that and trying to be super cute. And so the newsletter moving forward, we're gonna be featuring upcoming events that anyone in the public can join us virtually. We'll also be featuring things that's going on in the newfilipina.com. The newfilipina.com is pretty much our online community, our online home for people who want to dive in deeper with the Tifa community. So that's all there. But for now, we're just gonna focus on this month, or we're gonna focus on today. And we are talking about Filipino American History Month. And according to the FONS website, FONS stands for Filipino American National Historical Society. Um, according to the website, and then Stacy, I would love to get your thoughts on this. I don't know if this is updated or not, but according to the FONS website as of right now, the theme this year is recognizing 125 years of Philippine American history. And it looks like the year 1898 seems to be very significant. So I'm going to go ahead and stop sharing. And um, Stacey, if you don't mind, (laughs) if you have any initial thoughts about Um, the theme of this year. It's pretty heavy because 1898 is the Spanish-American War. It's when
2: the United States enters the shores of the Philippine archipelago because supposedly they were going to help Filipino folks who are in rebellion against uh, the Spanish regime. But already the Filipino folks had already been fighting against the Spaniards, similar to other Spanish colonial territories, the folks there. But, you know, essentially what concludes is that in the treaty, Filipino folks are not allowed to participate in this Mm. negotiation between European and American empires. And so what happens is that they take Manila and they take the rest of the Philippines as their territory. They pay Spain what is it, $20 million? And it was like buy one, get three or two free. So mm. you get the Philippines for $20 million and then you get Guam, the Mariana Islands, Puerto Rico. And so again, like our struggles as people who are indigenous, native Filipino, Pacific Islander, alongside those who are from Guam, alongside those who are from Puerto Rico, that shared history of American colonization. So like it's speaking to that very particular moment. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's so heavy. And so, but it is also... It's film history, it's also Filipino, Philippinex history, because it's the taking of our communities and our lands, the extraction of our peoples, but then also the resistance and retaliation and the community that forms out of that moment of resistance, and that's the 125 years that film is also trying to address. There's victimization in our history of mm-hmm. the taken by the United States, but that victimization can also be a, you know, a moment of reflecting on resistance and community and activism. Yeah. yeah, there's definitely two sides to the coin that you can choose to commemorate when really both are relevant, of course. And also, can we just take a moment to like think about the fact that, you know, you said the three for one deal or something for 20 million dollars, you get three countries, 20 million dollars today, 125 years later is like chump change to some people. Exactly. So I think that's also really important to note in terms of, you know, how that has maybe translated and trickled through the generations in our mental health, in our self-esteem, in our just confidence as individuals, Mm -hmm. as Filipino Americans and Filipino people. Um, I think that that's just like something that immediately stood out to Mm -hmm. me as you were giving that quick recap, Mm -hmm. that that's really like, (laughs) yeah, amongst the rest of the story, just pretty wild. It is, it's wild, too, because if we think about the debt that the Philippines right now has, mm-hmm. and how they still rely on the military, quote-unquote, protection of the United States to protect, mm-hmm. to protect its seas and its borders and boundaries in the Pacific. And then we think about $20 million at, in 1898, but then every single year after that, the United States is taking and extracting and earning more than a million dollars a year just from textiles alone from the Philippines. We're not even thinking about the textile industry that they're taking in Puerto Rico, for example, or the foodstuffs that Guam is producing to feed America's military and Navy as a coaling station. Mm. So One million dollars just on textiles alone. We're not even counting like minerals and gold and other resources like that or even people. The value of putting a dollar sign on top of Philippine exports' labor. So it's just ridiculous that this country is indebted and the United States has debt right? A ridiculous amount of debt. And yet, you know, we look at this relationship, and it's never equal. And that's another thing, like a lot of folks in the farms community are also wanting us to highlight, like, we should be critical of the ongoing relationship that speaks to empire. That's also part of the history as well. Because, you know, a lot of folks will tell us, it's you're American now, so you can enjoy the benefits of being American, but carrying that history and heritage of 125 years of cultural exploitation and economic exploitation, Yeah, back this much. Yes, it does a lot. And I will never forget what my mom said to me once. I think it was like my first year of grad school at UC Davis. But for some reason, she told me like, you have to remember you are Filipino first. Mm -hmm. And I forgot what we were arguing about. Something crazy. Something philosophical. And my mother's a retired nurse. And so hearing her say that, I thought to myself, oh, I'm going to carry that with me forever now when I remember what it means to be a Philam historian. But yeah. Filipino comes first. Yeah. So I've been trying to make that part of my mantra in teaching our people's history. And I don't know if it's going over well because now I just sound like abolition now, abolition forever. Come at me. You know? <laughs> I mean like so that well that's okay. Yeah, that's my thinking recently, ever since my mother told me that. And it was just mind blowing that you can go to school forever. But my mom's words of you're Filipino first. So you remember Filipino community first. Mm-hmm. That's how I try to address the land history for folks who are new to it.
1: When you initially hinted that this year's theme is pretty heavy, I knew I had to get mentally prepared for it because I recognize our history. At the same time, for me, I'm trying to find that balance of like, I want to carry it. I want to embrace it. I want to, you know, I want to remember it. At the same time, I, I also don't want it to like limit me from who I am today. And I, I have this inner conflict of like, I want to know, mm-hmm. but I also don't want it to be the defining reason where I feel insecure or held back or whatever. So it's, it's one of those. And it doesn't have to be that way. I recognize I don't have to feel that way or I don't have to react that way. It's really just like being intentional about taking in this information and understanding like why it's so important or why I am where I am today And why we do what we do, why what Nani and I do is because we want to progress forward while also remembering where we came from. And it's it's a lot of hard stuff to remember. And I always appreciate you sharing your knowledge with us because you just said you went through nine years of school to learn all these things and to be so involved in the community. And so I, I embrace it fully while also like having that inner dialogue of like, I want to hear this. And also there's a part of me that's like, I almost don't want to hear it, you know, like I do it, I don't, but I want to, I have to, because like you said, you're Filipina first, like people are always going to look at me that way, no matter what I do, even if I'm thinking with an American mentality, people are going to look at me at first glance, and they're not going to think that, you know what I mean? So, so I, I just appreciate having this conversation. And and I just want to let you know, I'm like intentionally leaning into it and, li- and listening to you. Nani, any thoughts? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think that it's
2: definitely a tough subject to talk about because people have such, you know, opinionated thoughts in general about Filipino history or Filipino-American history. And, you know, it's directly tied into politics. Like, I don't know if Stacey and you keep up with what's going on in the Philippines right now, but like the Marcos are back in presidency. And I just read this article about how, the Philippines and America are strengthening ties yet again because they're trying to gang up on China now because China's like all up in the Philippine Sea. Like, you know, there's all this drama. And I'm just like, wow, we're watching history repeat itself. And nobody is talking about it. (laughs) Like nobody cares. Still, 125 years later, no one gives a shit. And I think it's a privilege to be able to disassociate from that. And I think I also mentioned something like that In one of our book club conversations, you know, when we read books that are not just books, but you read books, you read the news, you talk about things like this, you know, it's again a privilege for us to be able to pick it up and put it down when it gets too hard or when it gets too emotionally laborious to work through or when it feels uncomfortable, you know. And the sad part about that is that this is. The reality of our people. And it's, you know, like, thank God that time has advanced and science and technology and all these things that have like made life different, especially being, you know, first, second, third generation living in America, most of all, but this is the reality of what's still happening. You know, even if it's like, I don't know what you call it, sugar coated or Mm -hmm. the corruption is like on a different level today because of science and technology and all these like other ways that, you know, people are able to maybe make it look like, you know, something that it's not or sweep it under the rug or what have you. So I just thought that I would also note that because, yeah, my dad just sent me that news article the other day and it was like, oh, wow. I had not even heard. I mean, I have read a little bit about, you know, the Chinese putting up posts in the Philippine Sea and it was like damaging the coral reefs. And there's all this like actual, like imminent implications from that happening. And yet, you know, I, I listen to the news every morning, sometimes twice a day and don't hear anything about it on the news. So... We really have to dig for that information, and it does make me feel like history is just repeating itself. Because the fact that 125 years ago, the Philippines, Guam, Puerto Rico wasn't even a part of the negotiation of the selling of their own like territories, Mm -hmm. and then ended up being sold to you know another what do you call it colony or colonial colonizer.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, <laughs> for twenty million dollars, which is again, some people have that in their under their mattress right now. So, <laughs> yeah, it just again brings up a lot of feels. So, I guess that's my uh, initial take. No, yeah, I'm I'm happy that your father sent me that article because I taught critical Phil studies ASA 150 at UC Davis for my last quarter there, and that was one of the things I brought up was the ways that empire replicates itself, not right. just among Western nations, but also in Asian spaces and regions, because they're trying to outcompete the original colonizer in that sense. And so for me, that's, that's rough, because that's an imperialist crowd mentality right there, that mm. we have to compete with one another, and we're, we, don't even, we can't even claim Asian ourselves, because we're being labeled as that, as Asian nation. And then we have to compete for resources, because there's just this, this imminent fear that the Western world will again repeat what it did during the Cold War and, you know, strike up coups or have a military overthrow and things like that happening across the Pacific, Southeast Asia. And so that was disheartening. I had to tell students, like, you know, I'm talking to you about the prison industrial complex that the United States created and practiced in the Philippines in, like, 1903. And mm-hmm. they used that practice of imprisoning and, you know, imprisoning folks who were against the, you know, what they, appear, they thought was American democracy they did that to Native American indigenous folks and black folks in the United States. They brought that same practice of colonization to the Philippines and so they replicate that in the Bilibid prison. And That's the beginning of like this prison military industrial complex in the Philippines and it just never went away. Mm -hmm. It's also sad too because you can't blame the students for not knowing this because this information is like who has it? Academic, accessible, yeah. And the way academics speak—is it actually relatable? Is it something that it's equitable? They can actually reach for it, touch it, and understand it. No. And so being able to explain that because the things that are expressed through Filipino culture that Americans and foreigners will see are oh, Miss Universe pageants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those things seem to be more easily accessible. And then when yeah. I broke down the Miss Universe pageant as to how it was used in the Philippines by Americans to show their goodwill. Like, it's not even our thing, it's theirs, mm-hmm. right? They practiced that in the 19-teens with us, and we had to pick amongst ourselves who was the best Filipina. Well, it's probably going to be the rich, the most elitist, and the fair-skinned one. And so, like, I was comparing that. Like, this is what the United States knows us for, singing, mm-hmm. dancing, Miss Universe. This is the, these are the things that we actually feel on the ground in terms of the effects of American colonization. It's these, the prison system and the military industrial complex in our ocean waters. But then I was telling students like, well, what do we do? Do we continue to rely on the United States? So they're gonna produce, I forget how many more naval bases and military bases, but it's more than five. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like what's that going to do? Because when you have that in Angeles, for example, it becomes known as a city of human trafficking and prostitution and tourism for people Mm -hmm. where those military bases are. And then I'm just like, well, that's what will happen again. But we need so desperately the protection of the United States, so I'm also in a gray area. I tell them I don't have the right answers. I wish I could operate in black and white, but I can't. Because yeah. the relationship between the United States and the Philippines, it's just so ingrained in everything we do, even in me.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah, that I can't, I don't know what to do either. If I was stuck in that political situation, what would I do? Yeah, I just wanna throw in here that everything you're talking about makes me need to call to action for you to go <laughs> watch if you have not already seen Call Her Gonda, the documentary. You should go look that up right now. Not you specifically, but whoever's <laughs> listening to this right now.
1: Please watch it. Yes. Yes. Oh, real quickly. Hannah says hi. Oh, hi. <laughs> I didn't know anyone was in here. <laughs> yeah. We got one so far. Yeah, yes. <laughs> hi, hi, Hannah. <laughs> so those, there's How that. come I can't see? I think only I can see it oh, because oh, I have I've the account. Seen out. Yeah, do you, yeah, I have to have it pop. Do you see oh. it in the comment section? Like I see the comments, but when I say join the chat, it doesn't let me. It says oh, I have I to connect to my YouTube channel. Oh, I see. So you probably would have to log in via YouTube and comment. But it's all good because okay. I already responded to her. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Hannah. Thanks for joining us live. <laughs> so she usually like hops on when she's like in the middle of work. <laughs> she's just like watching or listening in the background. So mm-hmm. we really, really appreciate her for that. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's that is heavy stuff. And I'm again, I'm just taking it in. And I need a moment to figure out where to go from here, y'all. I mean, we have like, you know, we have like 12 minutes. And so I'm curious, if you guys want to like, look at the web, the FONS website, or Stacey, I know that you kind of had some slides prepared, if you wanted to just share any of that with us today. I
2: mean, I could because you know, I've been studying
1: political philippine next studies, probably
2: the last one, say last year, four years, and then just being... Carrying as a historian and then going into something interdisciplinary, like okay. the ways I've had to argue and mm. share my research so that it meets the criteria of these fields. Mm. So I was able to, you know, luckily I had folks who supported this, but um, I had multiple like presentations or I call them teach-ins because I want to practice what Atta Allison Kubala speaks to in Panayism, which is like the community space that we share with you is also the classroom space I'm not going to be the lecturer who teaches at you. I actually want to learn alongside you because there's something in the community, in the classroom, I can learn from you always.
1: And then we're just sharing. So it's for, Yeah. So well, that's- if you want to share something for like five minutes and then we'll oh, wrap up within 10, um, then let's do that. Well, Give us a preview on what to expect a- next Friday. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you show us what you have? But I also
2: have like a, a prompt question for you just as piggybacking on the conversation mm-hmm. we were just having if you want to just talk through it or if you have slides that speak to this yes. in the you know on the topic of Filipino politics mm-hmm. and just uh I don't think that people are in general aware that like the Marcoses are back in power the Marcos family like the the son is the president actively yeah, right Ban-Ban. now mm-hmm. yeah Bang Bang Marcos is the president of the Philippines right now and like you would think that there would be a lot of like a people about that. And I don't see a lot. So sure. I don't know if you want to just like nope. speak to that a little bit, or if you have any slides that are relevant to that. But I thought that that might be a good topic to cover in our last few moments here. No, sounds good. It's, it's the fear. So the generations mm-hmm. who live through the Marcos dictatorship, you know, it's the fear of, again, resurfacing where you have to speak out against atrocities, and knowing very well that the implications can be things like salvaging, or mm-hmm. It could be silencing of your entire family and your friends and your community and the jailing of your friends and family if you were to speak up. So I know that those fears are still very present with the last two generations who were there during the Marcos regime. And my parents were able to leave before um, because of their ability to enter a nursing program in the Philippines and then come to the States, which Marcos, the OFW Overseas New Worker Program, you know, Mm -hmm. that's another pipeline. Uh, that we all know in this room yeah. pipelines in terms of labor to the United States but I think that's also another reason is this idea that there's the huge potential that they will use the same methods of silencing if we were to retaliate and we have the privilege being in the United States to retaliate verbally but we don't have to necessarily deal with the repercussions physically of our what we're being opinionated about because mm-hmm. we Okay, wait, another, just plug for another documentary that that you should watch if you have not already seen it, based on what Stacey just shared, is called A Thousand Cuts. Yes. And it is on PBS, I believe. And it, it features uh, Maria Ressa, who is another one of my sheroes. And she is the owner and founder of Rappler. And she is someone who actively deals with the consequences of trying to protect community journalism and freedom of speech in the Philippines mm-hmm. and, you know, all over because she's such a big name now. But yeah, she is a person to put on your radar if you are curious about this topic. Right. Yes, those are all great. And if you want to learn more about the Marcos regime through Imelda Marcos, there's another one. Is it the Kingmaker? Kingmaker? Yes, that was the oh, third one
1: that. that I had. <laughs> That's
2: also a solid one, too, because my it's family. so good. Yeah, they're all so good. All mm-hmm. three of those. That woman is twisted so twisted like um, delusional to the point oh of goodness yeah goodness. <laughs> on the furthest end of delusion <laughs> well, what did I, my students teach me delulu i just learned that delulu oh that's cute okay that's what the kids are calling in these For days it, <laughs> Julie, i don't know what you're talking about
1: we all know who it's referencing now when we say delulu <laughs> yeah it's fitting it's fitting yes it is. no but i i will just show like some things if you all want yes yeah yeah these let me see if i can yeah, I'm pretty sure you can share your screen. I think you just press the present button. Yes. And that's going to be this one. But here's one of them.
2: Pro. You know, let me add that to the stage. Here you go. Yes. So let me just do it like this. There you go. Beautiful. So, you know, I, when I was, you have to, you know, the PhD is the horrific. So you, to, you internalize everything you're learning because you're going to learn new things every single quarter, whatever. And it's going to go in one year and out the other. <laughs> so I'm just being real. And so in that moment, I realized people kept asking me questions about the Philippine X history. And I wanted to make sure I document everything I was learning as I was learning it so that I can regurgitate it in a way that's accessible. And so this is what one of the ones, one of the presentations I made in order to do that. And luckily, you know, I'm still adding to this. It's still a work in progress. But this is what I use to teach ASA 150, the Philam experience. And again, what we talked about, because I also want to, you know, make sure I covered, we covered everything that we talked about, but... It's really important to me that we cover language, that we we be mindful of language when we say Filipina, Filipino, Filipinx, and the history behind recognizing other interpretations of gender, sexuality, identity. But, you know, it's heavy. So I always do mindfulness. And for folks who can't see it because you're listening in, it's learning BIPOC, Black Indigenous People of Color histories. There's so much emotional and physical energy and it forces you to relive traumatic experiences when you're reading these things or hearing people talk about it your own experiences as being a person of color or in a marginalized community. So, you know, I always try to make time for that. And one of the things I do is mindfulness and I want folks to also practice that because sometimes it's just hard to hear that these are the things our people have witnessed and they still continue to go through. Because if you look back on the, you know, I'm going to go back to edit. If you go back to the whole presentation, this was a quarter's worth of 10 to 11 weeks. Mm -hmm. But it begins you know, in the pre-colonial period and colonization and it ends into present day. So that's, mm-hmm. a lot. that's a lot of history. That's a lot of trauma to talk about. And I begin my class with like trauma bonding.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, what, okay. The first day it's like, okay, we're going to do mindfulness. But then also what's one thing about being Filipina, Filipino, Filipino that, you know, or people stereotype you to be, And I mm. mean, through that and I break down all those stereotypes throughout the quarter. Like where did that stereotype come from? Eating dog. Mm. We go into mm-hmm. the, or the Miss Universe pageant. we go into the history of that. And so I also want to keep note too, like what are the new stereotypes that Phil and kids are going through? So I really encourage folks, if they can take these classes, if there's a workshop, please take the workshop. Usually it's free because it's community learning. But, you know, there's just so many opportunities out there to learn these things. But again, always being mindful. And I also bought like a mindfulness deck so that when I actually do teach these histories, we can begin first by building community. So like, I think last time, you yeah, described the last time when you really felt excited about something. Yeah, because I think we don't teach that enough in school. The connection piece. Yes. Mm-hmm. We don't right. teach emotional aspect of why do we learn these things in the first place. Um, what's the point? And for Film History Month, it is hard to hear these things because it's 125 years of mm. creation and empire. So again, it's like folks ever want. You know, just do a moment to do mindfulness, uh, whether it's mindfulness leading or mindfulness journaling. It sounds corny, but I think it helps. With yep. Hopefully, if it's your first time entering film history and learning about critical film activities, I really always encourage that. But it's an ongoing process. I'm still documenting film history. So I'm just happy that we have a month. Yes. Let's celebrate. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, you have had Stacy as your professor throughout your college career. Consider yourself lucky. And also shout out to our interns from I think
1: that's the class that you just shouted out, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So shout out to our. Um, oh my our gosh! Like all thirty of them. Class.
2: Yes, <laughs> yeah. you all were great. We loved working with you. If you're listening to this, then we hope you feel our love in the name of connection plus
0: learning.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And with that, I know what our agenda is going to be next Friday, oh. which is we're going to do a mindful exercise with oh. Steve. Love. Oh yeah, that's so fun. Yeah, you. There you- I love how we just came up with that on the fly. <laughs> See, I knew I knew this was going to happen. That's why I didn't want to like prepare for this. I was like, it's going to happen. Like, yeah, organically figure this out. It will come to us. Yeah, I have
2: a whole presentation or teaching about mindfulness as Filipinas. Great.
1: <gasps> oh, perfect. That's right. Bring it up. Yes. Okay. Um, that's we'll great. Stay screen share. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, stay tuned for next Friday. I think we'll do that. And then also, if you want to go back to that timeline and preview it, Stacey, we can do that as well. Of course, you know, I really wanted this to be casual and easygoing and organic. And I feel like we did that today. And once again, happy Filipino American History Month. We hope that whether you're watching this now, shout out to Hannah or later. We hope that you can come with questions or comments for the next time around Um, or just join us live. It'll be great. But other than that, thank you all for being here. Thank you all for anyone who listens to the replay. Happy Filipino American History Month. Nani, any final thoughts before I stop recording?
2: (laughs) No, no. I just think this was so much fun. And I'm excited that this is how we
1: chose to jump back into the new season with you guys. And we hope that you enjoyed. Yes, I agree. And Stacey, thank you for joining us. As always, it's always a pleasure having you. Any final, final thoughts? Oh, no, I'm just happy to be here because I had
2: had meetings all day and all week. So it's just nice to be back in community. Wonderful.
1: All right. We love you all. And we'll chat with you next Friday. Tune in next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Filipino American
0: Woman Project podcast show. Ready to tell your story? DM us on Instagram at the Filipino American woman to join us for our free five day reflection series. Check out the show notes of this episode to subscribe to our free weekly newsletter for the latest show updates and episode releases. Lastly, if you're ready to dive into community, download our app and join us at the new filipina.com. That's all for now. Chat with you next time.